Okay, we're recording, but don't like don't 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 start talking about anything interesting, Scott. <laughs> I have nothing interesting to say. I'm just gonna try to make sure. Our... Sometimes these things warp, and they like they'll play like double time. Um, it's not right now. You can turn off warp. You should. Just yeah, I do. I do. I have to. But, like sometimes I'll drag it in. Yeah. Like this one might be. That's a little fast, doesn't <laughs> it? It is a little bit. Good job getting it, though. There we go. Oh, it's easy as heck to get these things. Yeah. And I just have less than, thir- you know, less than 30 seconds. Fewer seconds than 30. Oh, that's where hit this button. All right, all right. I think we're sounding all right. Ugh. Oh, okay. How are you feeling? You uh, Feeling good. Feeling ready to talk about uh, this World War II television show all right all right ben does what he wants means i do what i want how do you think that sounds for an opener it's, it's, it's what it is yeah yeah <laughs> it is what it is <laughs> yeah. at the end of the day it's now it's it been chosen it and i think it would be i don't think it'd be a smart move to change it now i think it's all right oh god Winners! Winners! Kurahi! <laughs> right? That's what they did? Instead yeah. of Semper Fi, they say Kurahi. They say Kurahi, yeah. Which I didn't know until I watched this show. Hopefully, this music is helping people. I wouldn't know, though. Had, had I not seen the show. Ah, there we go. Alright. Welcome to... This is a this is Ben does what he wants a podcast. I'm the host Ben Schlofelt for another week, um, and this is going to be uh, an old fashioned late to the party, but kind of a reverse because it is me, your humble host, who has not listened well, not listened, but not seen the the media in question, which is Band of Brothers. Um, I'd like to thank back our uh, friend of the show, Scott Meyer. This is going to be his uh, third official appearance. Am I the third? Am I the first in the three club or there is in the three club? Oh, man. So, well, no, no. Like, well, Brooklyn, I think, has been on the most. Brooklyn's excluded from this. Then you have yeah, now, yeah. I think, officially been on. The second most. The, well, I don't know. Well. Kit and John have been on a lot, too. Okay. That's all right. And Byron's been on. It counts. It depends if you count double episodes, like two-part episodes. Sure. But uh, that's I don't want. We'll, we'll hash this out later. And I was I was um, peripherally in Mary's episode as well. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I'll count that. Okay. <sighs> Welcome back. Do you have anything you want to plug quick? Um, I'm in a band called Brass Calf, and we just finished recording an EP. It's due out uh, by the end of summer, and it's being mastered right now, and it sounds awesome. So I can't wait for everyone to hear it. Great. All right. Shortly after the premiere of the series, Tom Hanks asked Major Winters what he thought of Band of Brothers. The Major responded, I wish it would have been more authentic. I was hoping for an 80% solution. Hanks responded, Look, Major, this is Hollywood. At the end of the day, we will be hailed as geniuses if we get 12% right. We are going to shoot for 17%. That's what a bizarre conversation. Yeah. <laughs> that is that is absolutely baffling. I, um, but I think that's, that's our introduction to Band of Brothers. Sure. Um, so why why are we here? Why are we discussing Band of Brothers, Scott? Well, we uh, 
we had a uh, a really fun episode uh, about TV as a medium recently, mm-hmm. and then the golden era of television. The golden prestige. era of television, and then we we sort of hopped into the concept of seriality, um, universally applying it to to Marvel movies and and the like, and. Uh, miniseries came up as sort of maybe a an example to be opposed to the, my thesis of uh, of problems I had with television. Right. We, and this we, was, talked, we talked briefly about Chernobyl. We talked about Chernobyl, and this came up as I watched this a lot as a kid. Um, mm-hmm. This was what I would watch this uh, with my dad, um, and I, I saw it several times. And I'd been meaning to rewatch it, so I think that's. That, and then you were like, I've never seen it. I've heard, mm-hmm. I've heard good things. And yeah, I started, I Brooklyn just started, in. just started playing it. And then we started talking about it tangentially, like, oh, this would make a good um, episode of this, of this podcast. So, um, any, what has, since you, since you revisited it, uh, what has changed, Scott? About my opinion of, about Band your opinion of, of Band of Brothers. I, we're going to dig in a little bit on each episode, but I think just if you had a general, uh, opinion change. It if there is, is so. Um, uh, I don't know what exact. I'm, I'm looking for a word. Um, it's very cheesy. It's uh, sure. It's I. I like to say when I th- when something is is cheesy but not campy. I say it's uh, too sincere. It's very yeah yeah. I th- it's very very earnest mm-hmm. um, and sometimes annoyingly so. I think so. But sometimes. Some of it held up pretty well, and um, some of it looks really good. And the thing that I thought it did the best, and I remember actually from watching it when I was uh, a kid, was the merging the quotidian with the particulars of war. So you would have people like sitting around uh, uh, um, eating dinner or something like that. Sure. But you always felt this looming threat of war. There was always some tension. There, there was, was a, never any down, like official downtime, especially for Easy Company. Things were <laughs> easy and Easy yeah. Company. Um, I think I think it's a great point. Um, and that it, sometimes it was really illuminating for like, man, being in war would be the most, it would take all of your attention all of the time. Yeah. Um, and it would be this sort of really, really, horrifying experience and i think it did that does that really really well sure um it's a good portrait i think of uh uh, of what it would have been like to an extent i do i and without i am not a a person of this era i know that that attitudes and uh sentiments have always shift from generation to generation and maybe that's what's weird about it for me is is i would like to see these guys i'd like to see myself more in them living that life. I don't see myself in like any of those people. And that's, I mean, I'm yeah, well, a jaded like, well, millennial. And yeah. Who, what does it look like for, what would it look like for a bunch of irony poisoned, uh, post 2008 financial crash people to fight against the Nazis? I'm, I have no, <laughs> I, I know that's not, that's a, kind a of thing. an amazing question to yes. ask. Actually. Mm-hmm. Um, would we be making ironic jokes and then also sincerely being like, Oh, these fucking Nazis, you know, <laughs> Um, would we feel? Would we finally feel united with one another, or have like moral clarity, or a mm-hmm. sense of, of social solidarity, or patriotism? Um, even like, who who knows? Who knows how much of that stuff is overblown in in this this particular portrayal, right? And yeah. it's, it's just nostalgia as well, because there were there were there wasn't um, 
the ideology of Nazis wasn't as as outrageous to people as uh, as they make it. Like it's not like your everyday foot soldier in the United States Army like really understood the context of the war for the most. Well, part. No, they didn't. But they also weren't expected to either going Correct. in, right? You know. Yeah. And um, and some and there's there's a lot of like where these the people we see in Banner Brothers have extreme, almost superhero like moral clarity. Um, yeah. And that's or, the way we're or done. if they don't. That is the crux of the episode. Like, Correct. Like, let's examine moral fiber and what it means during wartime. Um, but we'll kind of get into that as we... Yeah, as that's, we... that's a little bit of the content there. Yes. So, uh, real quick, we'll keep this short. Um, Band of Brothers is a 2001 American war drama miniseries based on historian Stephen E. Ambrose's 1992 nonfiction book, Band of Brothers. The executive producers were Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks, who had collaborated on the 1998 World War II film Saving Private Ryan. The episodes first started airing on HBO September 9th, 2001. The series won Emmy and Golden Globe Awards in 2001 for Best Miniseries. The series dramatizes the history of E.G. Company, 2nd Battalion, 506th Parachute Infantry Regiment of the 101st Airborne Division. Uh, from jump training in the United States through its uh, participation in major actions in Europe until Japan's ca- capitulation and the war's end. The events are based on Ambrose's research and recorded interviews with Easy Company ventr- veterans. The series took literary license. Did you? Could you believe that? It- I can't believe that. <laughs> Adapting history for dramatic effect and series structure. The characters portrayed are based on members of Easy Company. Some of the men were recorded in contemporary interviews, which viewers see as preludes to several episodes, with the men's real identities revealed in the finale as if that was somehow like, oh my god, that yeah, was Yeah, or if you couldn't figure it out with the, any amount of resources. And not to, if you are watching any, any TV or film <laughs> for historical a- accuracy, don't. Just mm-hmm. don't. What? Why? That shouldn't even be something that needs to be said is that it took uh, literary uh, liberty was yep. that the term used like that's that's ridiculous uh, literary license literary license that's that's a ridiculous uh, thing to not expect something mm-hmm. to do that is a narrative television show or, or I book think I learned that I think I learned that when uh, Pocahontas came out and uh, and it wasn't like a, a deep expose of settler colonialism yeah and for and, some reason and I, I think the first thing I heard like did you know that John Smith was actually supposed to be like 50 or 40 or something like that? Pocahontas was like 12. This movie is so historically inaccurate and uh, it blew my mind at the time. Like movies that are about historical figures don't have to be yeah, accurate. They, they don't have to be accurate at all. And that's because it's art. Uh, I mean, we don't need to, we, this is not what we're litigating, but, no, but um, it is, it is a, a particular annoyance and, um, <laughs> Uh, not it's annoying when people try to judge the merit of something based on its historical accuracy. That's an a fundam, It's a premises that that refutes itself. Yeah, read the read the bio or the uh, nonfiction book. Exactly, or just you know read primaries. If you like history, read primary sources and do that. That's that's a fun thing to do for some people. That's Scott's advice corner. <laughs> Moving on, the title for the book and series comes from the Saint Crispin's Day speech in William Shakespeare's Henry V. Delivered by King Henry before the Battle of Agincourt, Ambrose quotes a passage from the speech on the book's first page. Uh, Band of Brothers was the first was at the time the most expensive TV miniseries ever to have been made by any network until superseded by the series' sister show, The Pacific, in 2010. Its budget was about 
uh, 12.5 million on average uh, per episode. Oh, sorry, 125 million, or if you do the math, that's 12.5 million per episode. I mean, that that definitely shows. Yeah, no, it's it a beautiful shows. looking show, and it's and the the caliber of actors that they get and all the, the locations they go to, like it definitely shows. Yep. So I thought this might be kind of fun. <laughs> uh, we're gonna run down each episode, and I was, and not that you prepare for this. I don't know if I'm gonna remember each episode. Individually. No, no, we're gonna. Well, that, that's well, well. I think, but I think that'll be telling of the quality of the show a little sure. bit too. So there's Kurahi, the there's, opening episode, which is shitty David Schwimmer. Yeah, which is sh- I don't know appropriately cast David Schwimmer. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and that's about wh- primary character. Like, and w- this is all Wikipedia, by the way. Prime, and they say that the primary characters are Winters and Sobel. Um, sure. So it's kind of interesting because. Uh, some critics, and I'll read a, I'll read a, an excerpt later, um, state that they think that the problem, biggest problem with the show is that there is no central character. That's a stupid criticism. Um, but I think, uh, but anyway, so Day of, Day of Days is the second episode, and that's Winters. Uh, Which is D-Day, yep. right? Uh, and, I mean, that's a memorable episode. I think so, That too. episode's great. Carentan, or Carentan, with an Albert Blythe, the shell-shocked boy. Blue eyed, blonde hair. I barely remember this one. I might have had a couple beers. <laughs> but <okay. laughs> replacements. Uh, that one I remember. That's a uh, Denver Bull Randleman. Crossroads with then that's Winters. Excellent. That's that's a, a good example of the show. I feel like Baston, and that's Eugene Rowe, the that's, medic. Yeah, I remember that one. The Breaking Point. Carwood Lipton is the central character in that one. The Last Patrol. Uh, do you, what's what? Do you, what else is about Carwood Lipton? What happened to that one? The so that's the point? one. That's the one where they start the episode where everybody's like, "Have you noticed Buck? He's been different since he oh, was shot." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, okay. it's the one he where he broke. Yeah, yeah. There, it's yeah the breaking point. And like, then he go. He's not really injured, but they have to send him away essentially because yeah, he's broken he's, down. Yes, he's having mental. Yep. Okay. Mental yep. Um, and Carwood. It, it's one of those. I had a long talk with with brooklyn about this one because uh, we didn't like that writing like the writing at the beginning and also the voiceover narration in that episode what's the deal with that we don't like in so in crossroads they have voiceover narration with winters but we see him typing out his report as he's doing it yeah makes sense yeah, yeah, yeah. um there's a point of reference a framing if you will of the narrative where this is he we just hear his voiceover we don't really see like moments where it's like there's a close-up of his face and we like and this is what I'm thinking. Sure, it's a little inconsistent. Yeah, it's yeah. incredibly inconsistent, and um, that bugs the hell out of me. Uh, it, it, when it didn't, I didn't notice it, so it probably didn't bother me that much. But I think it's a good criticism. Oh, I always like, why are we hearing his voice? Like, sure, is he the one? Has he been telling the story the whole time, and now he's just talking? I, I don't know because I separate because that would ask that question. The reason why you would ask that question is you were trying to look at it as if it were a novel, right? Like, who's telling the story? Well, the camera's telling the story. You know sure, what I mean? It, but it's based on a novel. It's, well, not a novel. It's based on a nonfiction Nonfiction. Book. Yeah, fair enough. That's a good point. But I mean, it's like, yeah. and I think that's where this criticism of the show not having a central figure, a, like a character we follow through every episode, can be something of a detriment. We don't grow with, we grow with the company, but not necessarily with a single figure who and we I think can that's, identify with. But you know what else didn't have a central character? I mean... Arguably, World War Two. You know what I mean? Like, there's there. It was, it uh, was Hitler versus FDR. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and Stalin was in there somewhere. Um, Russia won the war. Uh, that hot take. <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not this episode though. Um, yeah, that's uh, fair enough. Um, I think that I can see where they would come with that in terms of the function of the TV show. I like that it kind of jumped around. I think that's a strength well, more than a weakness. 
we'll differ on this one. Uh, the Last Patrol, and they say David Webster is the primary. He's the the uh, literary fellow who hadn't finished his Harvard education. He hadn't, fi- and he's literary in that he's he reads books. Yep, <laughs> that, and he can quote yeah. some folks every once in a while. Yeah, that's also the episode with uh, Colin Hanks. Uh, why? Oh, we f- who does a good job, by the way. He did just a Who's, fine. He job. did a good job. I thought I was impressed. He was and a, then, he was a lube. He was and, a loser. And then why we fight? Lewis Dixon and points. The final episode, uh, Winters, is the central figure in that one, they say. Yeah, which which maybe makes it justifiable to say that he was the central figure all along and that he was the first and last. That's that, I mean, that, if you're going to argue anyone, it has to be It is Winters. definitely him. Um, yeah, okay. It is uncertain which allied units was first to reach uh, Keinstein House or the, the Eagle's Nest. Eagle's Nest, yeah. Um, several claim the honor. and I are both very good at German, so. Keinstein House. <laughs> uh, several claim the honor. Um, compounded by the confusion with the town of, uh, is it what, Berkestag, Berkestgaden? something like that. Berkestgaden, yeah. yeah. Uh, which was taken on May 4th by forward elements of the 7th Infantry Regiment of the 3rd Infantry Division. Reputedly, members of the 7th went as far as the elevator of Keinsteinhaus. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, is it Kellsteinhaus? Kellsteinhaus. It's an L, not an I. Sorry. Uh, with at least one individual claiming he and a partner continued to the top of the t- to the top. However, the 101st Airborne, which is where Easy Company's from, this is the the team we care about, maintains it was the first both to Berchtesgaden and the Kellsteinhaus. Also, elements of the French Second Armored Division, Loria, uh, Laurent Thurius. Uh, George Buis and Paul Repinpinir were present on the night of May 4th to the 5th uh, and took several photographs before leaving on May 10th at the request of U.S. command. And this is supported by testimonies of the Spanish soldiers who went along with them. So this is kind of important, like who got there first? Because um, it's a point of contention for a lot of people. Sure. Major Dick Winters, who commanded the 2nd Battalion of the U.S. Uh, 506th, PIR in May 1945 stated that they entered uh, Birchesgaden shortly after noon on May 5th. He challenged competing claims stating if the 7th Infantry Regiment of the 3rd Division was first in Birchesgaden, just where did they go? Uh, Birchesgaden is a relatively small community. I walked in uh, with Lieutenant Welsh and saw nobody other than some servants. Goring's Officers Club and Wine Cellars certainly would have caught the attention of a French soldier from uh, the 2nd Armored Division or a rifleman from the U.S. 3rd Division. I find it hard to imagine, if the 3rd Division was there first, why they left those beautiful Mercedes staff cars untouched for our men. So, that should solve it. Yeah. Uh, Tom Shales of the Washington Post <laughs> wrote that though the series is... At times visually astonishing, it suffers from disorganization, muddled thinking, and a sense of redundancy. Shales observed that the characters are hard to identify. Few of the characters stand out strikingly against the backdrop of the war. In fact, this show is all backdrop and no front drop. When you watch two hours and still aren't quite sure who the main characters are, Something is wrong. I, I, that is true. It's hard to remember who's who. That's, all, all those dudes kind of look the same too. Yeah, they're all. They chose. They have strong chins, yes, and they're all white. They chose just yeah the a very homogenous uh, group of white men of handsome white men. Yep, they sure did. Winters is identifiable because um, he's British. They're all um, almost all, all of them are British. Um, there's he's a guy from he, Cedar Rapids. Oh, he's there's a Cedar Rapids guy, and then there's, there's Donnie else Wahlberg. Is, yeah. 
and the guy who plays Buck is is uh, from the United States, but most a lot of like uh, who's uh, a medic. The medic, he's from he's from the UK. Uh, yeah. Eugene Rowe. I, can't, I, I remember him because he's really handsome. Yeah, Brooklyn um, had a crush on him too. Yeah, he's a really good looking dude. Um, Winters is I think I think is arguably the sensual character. You remember Schwimmer because he sucks and he's also really famous. <laughs> he was the, he had to be the biggest draw at the time. Yeah, uh, which is staggering um, based on how bad he did. Uh, yeah. That's I think that's a good criticism. Yeah, you, you, I, you don't remember? I, th- I think not so much about the but the the backdrop versus the front drop. It is is not the the characters that matter as much as the setting and the action that occurs. And I think that um, speaks to the first thing that I admired about the show, which is just this overall feeling of dread, the the feeling of dread and angst that they captured for the day to day soldier. Yeah, I think is really really impressive because um, you never f- like. Uh, to frame it in video game terms, when you get to the next, you know when you're in a fighting part and you know when you're in a chilling part. And yeah, th- yeah. this part, you, this show, for the most part, you never felt like you were in, in the like, oh, cool, now I'm just being told the story moment. Yeah. Um, and in a show that in many other ways reminded me of Call of Duty. Nah, uh, I wonder why. For, uh, for obvious reasons, because every, in from about 2000 to 2005, Every piece of narrative uh, art was about World War II. If everyone, anyone can remember this, I think there was some law where everything you made had to be about World War II. Um, well, that, well, the greatest generation was dying off. They were all they dying, had... and we were, you know, we wanted... Apparently, we didn't, we didn't uh, tell them how much we loved them while they were alive. Yeah, and that's not to say that I don't think World War II... I think World War II is a particularly fascinating subject uh, and is a trans-historical event... Um, by any measure, but still, there was around that time there was an absurd amount of media dealing with World War II. Yep. All right. Real quick, we're gonna take a quick break. I want to propose something to you uh, that we do when we come back. And if you don't like it, we won't do it. I'll still sure. tell you guys what I was gonna do, and then you no, can blame... let them live with the mystery. Oh, uh, we'll see how I feel. All right, we'll be right after these messages, which there are none. We'll be right back. That's on warp. Good for it. Hardly ever sick at sea. sea. For no, he's, he's the a... captain of the pinafore. Uh, I only know it in in reference to the Simpsons, where Sideshow Bob sings the the score from the H- HMS. Unfortunately, I was in HMS. I was Rafe Rackstraw, the main character in college. There you go, guys. Um, was that at uh, main stage? It was no. That was well. It was um, the School of Music. Was oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's right, that's right. John um, Cameron, uh, the theater. John did, Clarence Cameron did direct it, so Ooh. it was very fun. Uh, that one does that one have I'm the very model of a modern main major general? No, I think that's um, that's the other one then. There's HMS Pinafore, and then there's, and there's um, uh, Pirates of Penzance. Pirates of Penzance, um, which basically they both invented the musical kind of. Yeah, yeah. One might argue, um, but that's not here. That's what we're talking about now. It's been a total change of subject. Uh-huh. That's what you're talking. That's what I want to ask him over the break. <laughs> Is if we could change to uh, Gilbert and Sullivan, which I agreed to immediately. Filled to the tune with girlish glee, three little mates from school. Everything. The, that's the racist one. Uh, yeah, that yeah. one's real bad. Yeah. But it's um, the, there's there's catchy tunes in it. It's very catchy. Yeah. Um. So what I wanted to do, we are telling you, audience, uh, we're going to rate from best to worst. First, first, 
being our favorite, 10 being our least favorite. And now, Scott, you did mention that you do, uh, don't recall all of these episodes, even though it's your like favorite show of all time. Yeah, which um, I'm on the record of saying. Yep. I think earlier you said it was your favorite show of all time. So I think it speaks to the, the, that final criticism that it's more about tone than it is about um, specific events. Yeah. Um, the tone is very memorable to me, but specific events aren't as much. But yeah, let's go through and rate all them. All right. So, burp, kurahi. That that one, am, am I trying to rate them in order? Yeah. Or what am, so it's first number one is number one. I'll number say, one right now. I'll say Curry. He's like number nine. Number wow. As in low. the ninth low. Yeah, so because you, of the swimmer, the swimmer disease, the, swim, the swimmer factor. Yeah, the swimmer factor is just really driving it down. All right, I would put a little higher. I'd put it somewhere. I'm gonna. St- because I, I think this might shift as we go along. I'm saying number. It almost, it almost certainly will. I'm saying number five. Oh man, you think that's? I mean, the swimmer, the swimmerness is yeah. strong. But uh, it no, does no, have actually, a clear. Okay, mi- let's say let's. No, but yeah, it, it did feel more. It felt, it felt uh, like it. It was going somewhere. And it also had a contained beginning, middle, and end and sort of narrative and an objective. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's yeah. I'll give it that. But it has it has fucking. The wor- I can't believe I had to watch that shit. Um, uh, he's so bad in this mo- in this fucking TV show. He's so unforgivably bad. Moving on. Moving on. That's yeah. Uh, Day of Days. That's the one where they they the parachute. They land they, and they take out those three guns. That's got to be one or two because uh, D Day is a singular event in uh, the history of war and is very interesting to think about. Um, and it's a it's a TV show that's a little bit like a video game. You uh, you jump in and then you go have to take out the three objectives and uh, it's very intense and it's it's like Saving Private Ryan the TV show it's very very well done so one or two for me I would say number two yeah yeah uh, Karen Tan that's uh, the one with like, honestly the only thing that stands out is is the Albert Blythe character and also that's where we are introduced to uh, Lieutenant Spears and that rumor that he like he killed all those German soldiers even oh, after he gave them cigarettes. That was kind of that was kind of a fun thing. But how memorable? <laughs> Not that memorable. We'll say I'll say like 7 or 8. Okay. Based I, on what, what I'm feeling. I right would now. say uh, I, would, I I will say six, 7 7 7. So, sure. So we're not, aligned the, we're aligned on that one. Um replacements. That's the one with uh Denver uh, Bull Randleman that's and They're where, all they resent the replacements. They resent that's, the replacements. Man so I heard a uh, a definition of middle brow art recently, mm-hmm. which is basically that there's one point and they just drive it whole, home the whole freaking time. Yeah. Uh, I think this episode so closely, if you accept that as a definition of middle brow art, whatever that might mean, um, this episode fits that definition. I agree. Um, I'm not, I wasn't crazy about that. I think some of the, 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 the action was kind of fun, but it, it was just that, the the hazing thing um isn't is a as a uh, as a, as a plot device usually doesn't work well for me cuz no. like, i mean even though and again i think this this goes back to um, cuz i see that a lot in narratives like hazing or bullying and be, and i have i no have no true a, scotsman or that's not the exact thing i'm trying to say but like uh, you're not you're not really from was it from brooklyn or something yeah I can't remember, like, um no one's really from brooklyn no one's really from scotland that kind of idea you yeah. weren't you aren't part of easy company unless you were here exactly. well i was here and you didn't do this you know that type yeah. of thing yeah yeah and, and like hey he didn't see the guy get shot in the in the, in the butt he's not right. really neat. Like, so it was just a uh, an infinite redux of that 
Um, it was a pretty boring episode. So definitely in the bottom half. I don't know where I would put it numerical-wise at this point. Uh, I'm going to say six. Yeah, I'll go with that since that's what you say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's Baston. Baston. Is that the medic one? That's the medic that one. That one's good. That one's like three. I'd put that at four. Okay. That um, would, that Because it's uh, a nice POV jump. Mm-hmm. And if one of the most salient mainstream criticisms of the show is that it doesn't have a uh, clear identical characters. That guy I remember because uh-huh. I remember that episode so well. Great, uh, you know, pathos moments where I'm just really the heartstrings are tugged at. And, and I really thought that it was going to become the more identifiable. So, so like when that episode hit, I'm like, oh, is this what the show's been doing? Yeah. Like showcasing certain figures. Is the next one going to be about an engineer? Or you that know, would be uh, that's a much cooler idea for the show. They should have done that. They should have do done that. officer, medic, engineer, yeah. etc. That would been that been really neat. But uh, they did. But it still ended up being like a re- a memorable episode. Correct. Yeah, um, that's a good episode. Very very. Good. The breaking point. This is that's where the dude goes crazy. Yeah. Right. Um. Well, that's not very nice to say. Um. He has he he has a breakdown. He understandably has a breakdown under unimaginably horrible conditions as compared to my uh, living one of the easiest lives that any human has ever lived. Um, I don't know. Still in the lower half for me. Yeah, I, this has to be, um, I think this is my... Is that 10 for you? No, 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 no. It's my 9. Okay. Uh, what's your 10? Oh, the points? The last episode? Oh, yeah. That episode is garbage. <laughs> yeah. That, that's... <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. What a terrible conclusion. Uh, um, and there's this... What's your, what's your... What do you put it at? What, this one? Breaking point. Oh, we'll put it at eight. We'll put it above the uh, transgressions of... Uh, David Schwimmer. The, the one who will not be named David Schwimmer. Uh, and then there's Why We Fight, which I'm putting Wait, at... did we skip over Crossroads? Oh, my God, we did. We went to, from replacing... Crossroads to, is one for me. Cro- That's Crossroads the best episode. Is, sorry, Crossroads is my three. I'm so sorry. I skipped right over that. Crossroads is my number three. Because here's what... It's a good... Uh, it's a good exploration of winners. Uh, it's a good exploration of leadership and war. I love the cold open where he shoots the guy. What it looks, it looks like it's this really fucking brutal moment that he does where he just, even though it's a fucking shitty Nazi that deserves to die, he kills him. It looks like he kills him in cold blood. But then over the the course of the episode, we get more and more context about what happened and, and what was going on there. And also, I they always they show that smile from the Nazi ex- right before, like, exactly. and then the realization that, oh, you're not one of my dudes. You're not one of my dudes. And not only are you not going to be. Uh, not one of my dudes. You're going to fucking shoot me right now. Yeah. So really good stuff. Powerful um, moment. That's my number one. Um, that's my number three. Um, I think it's. A, I think it was one of the again a memorable episode. Um, really showcased uh, um, a lot of the the tactical um, th- things that I really. I think why uh, um, the D- day of days is one is one of is my number two. Is I got so caught up in watching them take the three guns and how the execution of it's yep. like this yep. is entertaining I, i'm i feel like i'm watching like it, it, you're they, watching saving private ryan but exactly it's part two that's that's what it's it, hbo you're just, you're saving just, private ryan yeah, you're just watching the d-day scene from saving private ryan over and over again without all the melodrama of the the last two hours right um, which is all like all we ever want. We who watches the last two hours of you want Private the Ryan? D the D Day. St- I mean the D Day scene in Saving Private Ryan is amazing. It's well, it's uh, very well. It's done. It's so well done, and uh, yeah, I mean we don't need to talk about that, but yeah. it's very very well done. Um, which is you know it it the success of that of that sequence alone is why this show exists. Really correct. 
Um, so I'm so sorry about skipping Crossroads. You're number one, my number three. Uh, yeah, high, I, uh, one of the higher quality episodes, yep, based I on mean, a, yep, our uh, opinion here. We already did Bastogne. We did Breaking Point. The Last Patrol. That's the one where they go across the river. Yes. That's number, if I've already got one and two taken, that's number three for me. That's your number third? Th- yeah. Number third. <laughs> because uh, that's where the guy also gets killed with the potatoes in that episode too, right? Yes. That I I really liked that because of um, the point I made several times where it's like the omnipresence of war is there. I like that we get to see Major Winters make this incredibly, you know, uh, moral, almost biblical choice to tell the lie um, against all odds. Um, And I thought it showed it was one of the only episodes that portrayed the bureaucracy of the U.S. military in a truly poor light, too. So um, Yeah, they're they're just looking for... um for op- the optics of Correct. it. It's like we, we need some good gets so we can we can set it home. Exactly. Um, so um, really, really good. So I guess, that, yeah, that, that would be my number three. I thought that was a good episode. That's my number four. Um, I, I like a lot of things. Colin Hanks does a, does a fine job. Oh, yeah, he's um, also really good in it. I think he's great. Web, I, I wasn't crazy about the opening. It took me a while to get into the episode because at the beginning, it's Webster comes back, and just like we saw in Replacement. Oh, yeah, it was the same gets, thing. I know. Yeah, he, that's yeah, stupid. Yeah, he gets, he gets chided for... Where were you? You know, uh, all these other guys' toy came back, and now he's, like, dead. Yeah, they were giving <sighs> him shit for not, like, uh, busting out of a hospital to fight in a brutal war. Yep. Um, and also because he's college boy. You yeah, yeah. College you've boy. read, You've read of mice and men. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. like... <laughs> Tolstoyevsky? Who are you talking about yeah. here? <laughs> um, and that, that kind of stuff bugs me, you know, making fun of the, the nerd, even though he's, like... He he's a Paul Rudd stand-in, you know. He he's that yeah, generic he's... handsome, um, and he's okay. But uh, um, and I, I I also loved the moment. It was so frustrating. But he loved the moment uh, when the, uh, the 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 soldier. I can't remember which soldier it was because he doesn't. He dies. Um, he d- gets killed by his own grenade. Yeah, that was a good the, scene. Yeah, it's just, it's those little like like why did he do that? Like oh my god, his adrenaline. He doesn't. He's that kind. Like, the kind of the kind of dumb mistakes that that can cost you your life and they're not it's i even hesitate to call them dumb mistakes because uh man the chaotic yeah, mistakes yeah, just yeah. of of you being confronted with uh life and death in in every everyday life mm-hmm. like what you know you're bound to do something like that eventually and i believe that was also the one with uh lieutenant dyke who just couldn't couldn't lead worth you know he was the one who get, who, who ends up like dying in the episode because he just can't Get like they're, they're all stuck behind like those bales of hay, and he's like, "Where's company? See, we we don't move. Get me the phone. We're not yeah, moving yeah, until yeah, we yeah, see yeah. the." Um, and of course, Winter's like, "Why aren't you moving?" Um, frustrating watching that. Um, and I guess the the real Dyke uh, lived. He did not die. Another one of those licenses they yep, took. The licenses you take with the storytelling. Um, and I, that's all. That's fr- again frustrating, but also fun to watch. And then you see. Uh, Lieutenant Spears come in and just run around, never get shot because he's just. I have I have the absolute confidence and faith that I will live all the time. Even though, of course, he says being scared is the only. We're all scared, but you know that's just how war is. Yeah, you know? yeah, or yeah, whatever, yeah. Or whatever prof quote profound thing he says because he he knows how to disconnect his emotions from the 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 task at hand. Which I wonder if there were really guys like that. You know, I'm sure there were. Maybe they were the best soldiers or something. I mean, they're um, probably better than others if they go yeah. gung ho. If they're not like, you know, I don't know. There's there's something to be said about uh, because how how expected would that be? Just to be like, did that was that dude just run through and then run back? 
Yeah. Should we have shot him? Yeah, <laughs> says, yeah, says yeah. The German maybe... soldier to the other soldier. <laughs> you know, uh, like the, you know, it's not customary. Yeah. Is that against the rules? rules? Like, yeah. Uh, we were watching a, a, another doc on World War One, and all of these these early in the war, like they're in Africa in like colonial uh, Germany. And one of the German territories, and like they're having a little war between the the Brits and the Germans, and like they're fighting one day, and the next day they're having like lunch with one another. Like, if we weren't at war, I'd say these are right old chaps. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The the civility that came with the First World War, or at least the beginning of it, that uh, certainly deteriorated. Um, so after Last Patrol, we have Why We Fight, which is my number one. It's a lot of people's number ones, and I give it number one. Because it was the only episode that I I, I honestly had yeah. some emotional, I the the moment where that he was he was a little older he had like a he, he hugged, was bald, him, hugged him he yep. hugged him and like kissed his cheek and man I and like the, the camera does does a a, a pan around like a, a circular motion around him and it's like oh my god like I I don't I'm a pretty uh, yeah I might have to move now that I'm thinking about it the I'm pretty cold but th- that made that moved me and just the you know we. The Holocaust is one of the only events that you get drilled into your head if you get just a regular American education, you know, of just of because there's many, many examples of abject human depravity throughout history. But this one, this one is important to America. Like Carlos Mencia. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this this one's important to America because we get to say that we stopped it. Right. So this is it's a very there's. um there's jingoistic motivations to it being the privileged example. Scott, even explain, though I explain do jingoistic to people who don't know what jingoistic means, um, just uh, beating the drums of war and wanting to seem like a, a, a particularly uh, important country that uh, should go and invade other countries and, and exert its military might. Do you have to know the origin of jingoist? It's a uh, jingo unchained. The movie uh, is <laughs> that where it comes? From? No, <laughs> no, this is the first thing I thought of. But anyway, uh, the Holocaust I do think is a particular historic event. It but, is a particular historic um, event, and and is tra- and is particularly depraved. But America mm-hmm. likes to relish in its in its that sense and not talk about any other instances of depravity, i.e., you know, the genocide of indigenous Americans or Rwanda, the Armenian or genocide, like um, any other South Africa. Yeah, any exactly apartheid South Africa. We like to talk about this one, um, but. So we we get taught the Holocaust. My major point is that episode, I sat there reflecting on the particularity of the Holocaust again and just how fucking disturbing it was. And all I could think is in that scene where they go and they uh, take the baker's food, (laughs) shoot that motherfucker. You knew. You knew. Yeah. And you didn't do shit. You didn't give him any yeah. of your bread. You didn't give him. Yeah, yeah. And you're trying to refuse him now. Shoot that fucking asshole. Yeah. That guy's a Nazi. Um, and uh, yeah, for that reason, I do think it. Yeah, I'll, I will move. Uh, everything stays in the same place and put but that at number one. We're gonna we're gonna um, recap at the end here, just so we can. For and I, yeah, that's it. It's it's very very well done. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. Because so we, and I and because it came. Late. So the thing is, there's a lot of things about that episode I'm not crazy about, to be honest. But sure. um, I'm I I it, again, it's a little too. So I know you can't get jaunty with an episode about the Holocaust. Like 
you that would be that would be disrespectful to the people who had lost their lives and those that you know who, who sacrificed and such and such um but like the opening just being like it's beethoven or whatever like sure they're listening to the the, the music in the in the the courtyard it's a it's on it's it's is on the it's way, on the nose. But is there a way to deal with the Holocaust that isn't on the nose? It's it's one of the most morally clarifying events to ever have sure. happened. No, and that, that's why I think that when they're actually in the camp, it's very effective. There's there's I don't recall there being any additional music. I don't recall them like uh and that but like the rest of the episode is kind of loaded with uh strings and and. and I, I don't even. You might have musical terminology. Sad sounding stuff. Sad sounding yeah, yeah. stuff that that you learned that in school, I'm sure. Um, th- then like, why well, no? I know, like, I now know that this is what it, like, it it you don't need you don't need to prepare me for, or or to 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 inform my viewing of this because it's it's one of the sadder things that I can think of. You know, we often sure. use it as a reference point for. Well, it's not as bad as the Holocaust. Like we know it's it's the me- it's the metric by which. Um, uh, atrocity is it's Our the, measured. is yeah. exactly it's so like it's the privileged yeah. privileged example of atrocity mm-hmm. for good reason um, i'm not arguing that um and so like but that but the, the the moments in and around the camp uh and in the town adjacent are great um the lead up to it you know where uh um even though i do actually there is some now that i'm thinking about it, there is some levity because that's where ron livingston his character lewis dixon is going through a divorce and he is actually pretty funny. He is funny in as, that episode. as the divorced guy. The whole she's keeping the dog, the damn dog. Yeah, like yeah. It's not. It's not an original joke. It's not. But I think it works in the context of the episode. Yeah, because like there we're again. I'm sure also like the viewership is not like man. Like they could have thought of something you know maybe a little more specific like a toaster, like a really cool toaster that they got. But because the dog, like we all we all wonder what would he, what would we do with the dog when the divorce happened sure. but the toaster who would yeah it, it might have been a better joke maybe not the toaster specifically but i get what you're saying <laughs> i don't know man <laughs> um that would have made you think though it would have made you think like what's it would have asked the question what's it so would have in an episode about the depravity of the holocaust <laughs> Then making the viewership ask the question, what is special about this toaster? So they could have Ben, you're right. They could have they could have asked that question. Oh, missed opportunity. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And then we'll close out with uh, with points. Trash. Which is my Especially least. Especially after the uh, why we fight. Yeah. What a letdown. What absolute garbage. Yeah, lots of missed opportunity. I mean, I not, sorry, no. Ending it, stuff is hard, but that was garbage. It is. Um, it is. But gosh, you can still you can still give some credit some credit to the audience who's put up with. You know, or just have why we fight be the last episode. I Done. Think, I think that would have certainly been um, be, be, like that would have flown with producer like with a, with a network. Sure. Like no one. Yeah, but like, we're not. We're not. I mean, ostensibly, we're not producing this, critiquing oh, okay. this yeah. within the context of, of how financially viable. Sure. It is. Yeah. We're, just, as a piece of art. Sure. sure. Agreed then. Um, like, yeah, closing on, uh, <laughs> I would have even loved like, <laughs> so the end with this, cause they, I think it's a, it's a, it's a circular narrative. Like it's a narr- they have narrative closure where they open and close with the strings playing. And I think they're even, they're finishing the Sonata or whatever yeah, piece of yeah. music they're playing. And then just had a black screen, like, uh, two weeks later, the, the war ended. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, something like that. I seriously think that could have worked just fine. Um, I think why we like ultimately because the show is 
it almost felt like the answer to the thesis um, of of the whole sure. whole show. Like, why really did we go over there? Um, Which it, it wasn't to defend American soil at that point. It was it, to, um, it was to help our allies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's there's complex. Otherwise, would have stayed in the Pacific, the theater, right? Like, yeah. I mean, there is complex uh, reasons why America went into that theater specifically, um, and you know. There's evidence that people in America knew about the camps um, as early as the, uh, the early 30s, and um, Henry Ford was doing business with the Nazis yeah, until uh, 19 late 1930s. So it's not like a lot of people were doing having co- like we were selling steel. Uh, and Hugo all- Boss that you see uh, on the Magnificent Mile to this day manufactured every uniform for the Nazis throughout the entire war. Um, that's so, why they're so good looking. Yeah, they, I mean, yeah, the Nazis. Um, Actually, the, I do. They, they built were, an aesthetic, right? They were, that was uh, uh, yeah. one of their strengths is building an aesthetic, and that's not to be underrated in terms of their uh, ability to sell, ideologically yeah. persuade and, and to just make a society lose its fucking mind. Well, yeah, you can sell like when when uh, when you're a country going through a huge depression and you got these military figures who are dressed to the nines, uh, you're gonna like, whoa, how? Do, Sign me up. Yeah, I've been living under the the Weimar Republic got just a shitty-ass deal um, by the League of Nations and uh, the German people. There was the failed German uh, revolution. Um, Rosa Luxemburg brutally murdered. Um, You get fucking austerity for years, and, uh, you know, people were looking for an answer, and then these uh, guys that were selling them a lavish lifestyle came along. Yeah. you're analyzing that beer. Yeah, yeah. it's like, it's uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's well, it's got some stank. It's got some stank. It's uh, yeah, wet hopped with um, wet hopped American one summer. hitter series. So it's alluding to marijuana too, which is probably why it has the stank. Log- We're drinking Lagunitas Phase Change. Um, this episode is brought, brought to you by, by Lagunitas. Lagunitas. Yeah, uh, um, drink a beer, have a good time. Lagunitas. Yeah. Any, I mean, anyway, like. To paint the main reason is that the United States went to war in Europe as a deep ideological uh, opposition to the Nazis isn't 100% accurate, but it's the way it's portrayed in the show. Sure. So, to recap, just so we have it clear, Kurahi. That's, is that Nine. Are trash. You sure, are you sure that's not your 10 now? Trash. Did, didn't you bump it down to 10? Yeah, and then oh, uh, no, the last episode is 11 right. now. <laughs> yeah, points, <laughs> that's, that's right. points is 11. So nine, nine, you're sticking with nine. nine. Trash. I'm still going to stick with, uh, with well, actually, I think I have to, did I say five? I said five. Yeah. Um, Day of Days, that's my that's my number two. Two. Oh, uh, no, uh, three. Karen Tan. What, what was mine? That one sucks. <laughs> I think you said seven. Yeah, seven. That one's that one sucks. I think I also said seven. Replacements. Oh wait, uh, that one's a six. Yeah, right? six. We agreed on that one. Crossroads for me. That's three. Uh, two. Would it be easier? So actually, let's start. Let's start from our. Remember, let's do it. Sorry, listeners. You guys are you're gonna you're gonna have to fucking so live with this. So our top three are the same except for Crossroads and D Day switch. We're switching. So why we fight's my number one. We, and we're tied. Well, we're unanimous. On and that. let's do. I'm gonna do. We'll do one at a time. That way we don't get confused. So my. I have why we fight. Number one. Day of Days. That's your number two. That's my number two. Crossroads. That's my number three. Sure. Uh, I think my, uh, it was Baston was my number four. Uh, and then I wanted, uh, actually, then I, I think I had, I think I had 
freak no the the last patrol was my number no I should do the last patrol is my number no last patrol is my number four then uh, no no I like that Baston last last is pretty good last patrol yeah uh, and then I guess Curahi trash <laughs> and then Karen Tan uh, and then those uh, names are too similar that's also trash yeah um, what am I forgetting we're bad I'm bad at this game. Well, the listeners are going to go back and uh, they'll, hear, they'll, they'll hear. hear all of it. We we basically are in agreement that the upper echelon of episodes are Why We Fight, Crossroads, Crossroads, and Day, of Days, Day of Days are certainly the top three. And, and then, then I'll, I'll uh, were we unanimous on number four being um, the Last Patrol, right? It, last Patrol or Best Stone? Yeah, those are the, so that's the top half. Yeah, and I think we we co- we will co-sign that as being the top. And half. then I think the top of the the bottom half is like replacements. Even though it kind of sucked, yeah, but like it's it's as far as the the bottom half goes, uh, you hate Kurahi, but like, well, I think so. The replacements: Karen Tan, uh, Kurahi, Breaking Point, and then Points. Breaking Point and Points. <laughs> I mean, I only really like because Breaking Point. The Breaking Point yeah. is not that bad. I just the writing. I can't. Yeah, get it, past you the know fucking what? Writing, it could have been really interesting. It could have been that's, great. Maybe that's why it's uh, you're we're rating it solo is because it's a, a to watch someone go to understand someone's journey and that that's a really interesting question to ask. So yeah, and we also like it. We we deal with that that lieutenant. Did we even talk about this one yet? I don't think we even talked about this one. We skip right what, over breaking points. Yeah. We talked about it. Okay, yeah, they, we uh, so we have the the, the, the mental breakdown. We have. Uh, uh, Lipton get promoted. We have a lot of Lipton. There's yeah. all the exploding, like when they're getting bombarded, the trees are blown up on top. It's like a very visceral, it's well shot. It's a beautiful episode. It's one of the most beautiful episodes. The snow, the starkness, the death it, that it lingers is a in good the looking, air. I mean, but uh, everything that's beautiful about that episode is also beautiful about Baston. Yeah, right? exactly. And, that, and yeah. that's the point I was going to make. Like, yeah. There's only a couple things that differentiate those two because they're in the same location. Word. And you also see some, don't you see, you see some medic struggles in that one too. You see medic struggles in both of them, but yeah, yeah especially, yeah. especially in Baston. That's the, the, I mean, that's his, that's his episode. episode he, yeah. he does a great job, but you see, you see some of the same questions being asked about his role in the war. Yep. In, uh, I mean, and, and uh, Spears, I think gets also gets promoted to in that one. Um, or he's got, anyway, um, it's, it's just, it, it felt, I think that, that uh, was it Shale from the Washington Post said redundancies. I think that episode. Sure. Really, because it, yeah, that's a, that's a great example of uh, it being redundant. Yeah. Like, and I know that that's also a part of war. It's not new thing, new thing, new thing, new thing, but we're but also. But they were supposed to take literary license. Yeah. We're yeah. also, um, it's, it's meant to give us the, the feeling of it, but. I mean, uh, only for the purpose of entertainment, right? Like, you know, if it becomes redundant or boring, I don't think that's, sure. I don't think that was the intention of the, of the, you the, know, something, the showrunners. So now that we've wrapped up the top 10, um, something I thought was really interesting about the show was something Brooklyn said, um, about, Bubba how, Bubba about how they would watch it educationally in her mm. class. Right. And right. That is fascinating to me. Because I remember watching Ken Burns' Civil War. I love... Well, which I, is Ken gr- Burns, I'm, I'm um, unabashed in my enjoyment. I don't love Ken Burns' politics, but... He, he, has, he has politics? He does have politics. Is he a conservative? No, he's he's uh, he's a... He's a, he's a bleeding he's heart like liberal. He's like eating, eat, biting into a piece of white 
uh, <laughs> a white bread toast without butter on it. Oh, you mean that he that has absolutely is, no politics? He, yeah, and he in the presentation of having no politics, he co-signs the most pernicious uh, truths of um, American ideology. So I couldn't even watch the Vietnam we uh, documentary. Did, we didn't watch it either it, because it had the no first teeth. the first thing that showed up was. Um, Brought to you by Bank of America, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, fucking Christ. Yeah. And then the, the and then the whole first passage was like, it was a bunch of optimistic men making bad decisions and uh, framing the 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 Vietnam War as anything other than a fucking world historic atrocity is irresponsible. Um, but that being said, baseball's great. <laughs> no, I, Civil I War is great. He um, he is. And and his uh, the Great War is his World War Two documentary, and it's also good. Like because um, there's more moral clarity in the in the Great War if you live in the United States. There's there isn't as much, even if you were someone that protested the Vietnam War uh, in the sixties or whatever. Um, it's a more complicated issue. And it's funny because like so he also did. Uh, it the, isn't, but it it appears to be within uh, American ideology. He also did the the West, which is his longest one. Um, and that one is is. I think I don't need to see that for the same reason. No, no. Yeah, actually, yeah. it does. It it. I think it approaches a lot of that. It's the hardest one that I've watched because of how much he gets into like uh, the the plight of the the indigenous people of America. Well, and, that's great, um, and maybe it's worth a watch. But to circle back around to the point, which is we would watch Civil War, right? Oh yeah, yes, 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 and, in class. Yeah. Um, in class, and that it's a pretty it's pretty good history. Problems I would take with it are like in that story, the Confederacy are the fucking Nazis, right? Yes. And um, he didn't take them to task hard enough sometimes, where he would he would uh, paint them as just like yeah, they they were just good good patriots doing what they needed to do, and it's like no, dude, they they were the bad guys. Come on. Um, we need they he needed to have a little bit more clarity. Well, I th- but but well, that's I guess that's one of the reasons I um. <sighs> okay, so I don't want to defend uh what actions the Confederate Army took. I know this is also not what this episode's about, but um, no, 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 this has all been leading up to <laughs> tangentially. Yeah. Um, I I would rather have. Because what makes a good enemy is making them as sympathetic as possible. But that's it's that's a, it's a historical documentary, uh, and I also <laughs> it's history, and I also never buy they were the products of their time because you know who's you know who knew slavery was wrong. There was fucking millions of them. It was the people being enslaved. There were plenty of fucking people that knew slavery was wrong, right? Yeah, that's that was a, a readily available concept to everyone that was alive at the time. So I'm not going to co-sign anyone as being a product of their time that, that did what they did, you know. Um, and I don't think uh, sympathy and uh, giving in his, giving and history in history is is yes, is yes. necessary. Yeah, I I get that this is uh, clearly a, cr- uh, a a crutch of mine. Like, well, it makes for a more compelling story, but which that's is not, not that's not what he's presenting ex- himself as. As well, you know, he, well, he shouldn't be. It's not you're not presenting a story for the sake of a, a good narrative. It should be the accurate the facts of the of, of, right. of the time which is why which is why i have he his politics are ken burns accepts every piece of received wisdom that he's ever gotten he's never interrogated any fundamental thing he's ever been taught and that's and that's fine he's still good at what he does and there's still facts to be learned and and cool stuff in civil war and baseball which are the two that i've watched jazz is um, pretty good too and jazz jazz is awesome um, 
And uh, I've watched, and I watched Prohibition. Yeah, watched Prohibition is pretty good too. I watched and, so um, many. Of it's good. It's uh, it's the, good, and it's the Rose of the Roosevelts. Um, didn't watch, watch that I one. Watched all that. It's one good too. for middle schoolers too, which is when I watched it. I watched it in the eighth grade uh, Civil War um, uh, topic that we did. What do yeah, you call in history? That? Yeah, in history, and it was fun. Western it was, civilization. I don't know. No, whatever it was. Um, the units. That's what we used oh, to call the it. Units. Yeah. Yeah. That's when you <laughs> you called. This is when I'm learning about the Civil War. It will be during this period of this, time. This unit. Then I will stop doing that forever. That was basically how school works, which is kind of insane to think about. Um, <laughs> But uh, that's that's when we watched it, and uh, it was interesting. But watching Band of Brothers, which is the original point, fucking weird. Weird that it, that they were like, this is something that we should be showing people to be uh, educational because it to me it is a it's a pretty good war TV show. Yeah, it's yeah. um, I I understand because like we used to do things like that. Like we watched we used to watch Zulu, that Michael Caine film from like 1967. It's about the Br- British colonials fighting the Zulu tribe of in Africa. Yeah. Um, there's nothing like it. The battle did happen, but there's nothing particularly essential about its content. Where like, and the th- thing is, we also didn't like do a unit based on like the 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 wars between the Zulu tribes. And the the British colonials, we just watched that movie as like a, well, I don't want to teach today. Here's a, an historical piece of fiction but, for you to watch. But, you know, it would be interesting to watch something like that within the context of doing a unit sure. on that, which maybe is what Brooke, well, she's not here to talk about it, so maybe we shouldn't go too, into too much. But if you're doing a World War II unit, and then the <sighs> question that you pose to the class is, What's what is interesting about this TV show as compared to the history that we've been going over? That's kind of an interesting thing. Yeah, I, but who I, knows if that's I what they were doing or know. not? She made it sound like, well, it it's a holiday weekend almost, and yeah. I really don't want to teach. Let's put on the history. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And what, I guess it's also it's strange that means her that probably means her history teacher or like you know uh, bought the DVDs. Yeah, it, or they just had well, them for pleasure, you know, well, maybe like, just already well, own I'm them. I'm sure yeah. if he's a history, he or she's a history teacher, then they probably own them because they enjoy, like, it's kind of like history. And sure, I enjoy, sure, I enjoy sure. this, yeah, and yeah. I'll bring it in the class. I'll bring it in our class and show it to my students. Yeah, Jimmy Stewart was <laughs> teaching. She would love that if that were the case. But, uh, yeah, I think that's that's an interesting – it goes back to this weird percentage thing. Uh, that really baffling conversation that Tom Hanks had we had with David Wint with Ma- Major Winters at the at the where it's like yeah I, I mean I Tom Hanks probably I'll take him at his word and say he was really trying to make something that was sort of but like how as still, close to the heart as possible to the war how how and I, but I think it's so telling of of Hollywood and how they approach history and accuracy uh, in that they he like and I'll take I, I agreed Tom Hanks is feels like a pretty reputable source yeah. when it comes to the inner workings of Hollywood. Um, they'll they'll call us geniuses if we get it twelve percent right and we're shooting for seventeen. And I feel like that shows in the show because I do think it it historical inaccuracies aside, which is not a criticism making of it, but it is a necessary aliquot component of the medium and narrative uh, fiction in general or whatever. Yeah. You're trying to, you're trying to condense um, uh, the, the, the war in the European theater into 10 episodes. Right. Yeah. Read a book. If you want to know the facts, sorry, that's yeah. what you have to do. But I do think uh, I will give it props for it. It is pretty clear that it's attempting to 
um, make people hip to certain historical facts, which yeah. is cool. That's fine. Uh, and it's I, a fine I, thing to do. Yeah, and I think one of the bigger takeaways, it, you know, it, 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 I, I can't help but get too bogged down in a lot of the sincerity of it, the, the chest thumping, the Americana, right? Which is a, it's it's drenched in that stuff. Well, like, and then this is something I wanted to bring up is what when did it come out? Two thousand three. Two thousand one is when it first aired on HBO. What time? Oh, uh, what if, what month? What month? Was oh, the, you're, only we're before after nine eleven. We were is talking only salient about that. Question. So it for, uh, September 9th. Holy shit! Two thousand one is when that, the first episode started. That is insane. Yeah. Um. How cool! Like, so I, then, then people obviously wasn't made to um you know rally nationalistic pride. But then that's obviously why people one of the main reasons why it was ate it, ate it up. Yeah, because that's a central conceit of the show is that Americans were the fucking good guy in this war. This is one of the only you know Hitler was bad. Beating the Nazis was good. Um, America should have been. They were on the right side. They were against the right enemy. But like, uh, ne- never in any other war have they been so. Uh, oh, it's, yeah, it's yeah. It's been so c- clear. The 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 binary the like the morale the moral binary has been so d- defined. Um, I guess I'm saying binary is which is makes and then the, it was uh, all the analogies of Hitler to Saddam Hussein, which are uh, insane analogies to make and completely ahistorical um, in terms of the actual scope of the threat and the ability of America's volunteer army to actually take down uh, people willing to fight in guerrilla warfare in the actual massive... Uh, the Iraq War is a fucking tragedy. Uh, millions of people have died, and it's a fucking atrocity committed by America, right? So, and then this... this it's was, still, and it's, ostensibly, it's still going. It's still going, right? And it's a, it, this was something that was propped up um, and capitalized on to, to um, defend that particular action. Yeah, I, I, I did not research that much, but... Uh, if you're if people want to dig deeper into that, go like just to see like if if a show like this was was blatantly utilized on like the the house floor to like look at this. I, mean, this I don't know what, if it would go that far, but I don't it's, know, man. Like I see some some fucking sure. billboard like some like some xeroxed poster board from people like this is what Americans watch these and like it's a photo of Twilight. Like why would a senator? Or a, or a representative bring in a poster from Twilight like to illustrate a point about something for people who don't know. Like, it's insane. Yeah, yeah they're so they, they uh, just seems very out of touch. Um, but I'll probably be that way when I'm old. That's why you hire young people and then corrupt. You gotta them. have you gotta hire the young people and then really trust what they say. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's I think the context in which it came out is interesting. It was obviously very, before we very. started having. When was Black Hawk Down? Two thousand three. That to me is that's the prime example of America fucking rules. Everything that it does is badass. Um, uh, Post nine eleven mania. Um, is uh you keep 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 uh I'm, so I this this show is two thousand one that came out in two thousand one. Also, they were there's working, all this serendipity, man. They were working um, on that movie way before, and that's I mean that's probably to say that there was all this American um, military hegemony that people were just not as hip to until we declared. People forget this in the two thousands, the United States of America 
declared war on a fucking concept. George Bush said we're going to, we're going to defeat evil. We're going to f- defeat terror. terror. Yeah. And Which that, is almost as bad as drugs. Dr- exactly. That is a fu- is actually worse. Drugs are actually I said, materially I said almost as bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> drugs are into to elucidate to our listeners, which I'm sure are all very smart and they can figure this out on their own. Uh, drugs materially exist. George Bush literally declared fucking war on a concept, and uh, all of this stuff was ideologically used, whether or not it was created for that reason or not. Um, the, one of the reasons why people fucking rallied around it in the age of freedom fries and all this insane hysteria um, was because of that that jingoistic um, nature that was just so from like 2001 to about we really started to get over it like midterms 2006. I mean, yeah, or maybe when fucking John Kerry didn't win when it was John Kerry reporting for duty. duty. Uh, and then, of course, his whole thing was that uh, what they were besmirching his uh, his war his record. war record, right? Um, ins- ins- absolutely absurd. Um, and people, I mean, this is a whole another episode. People think that Trump is insane, but listen, re- do you guys remember that shit? That shit was fucking. Uh, there is stuff that happened in the two thousands is absolutely as fucking ridiculous as stuff that just Trump does. Is- we were just, it was more within the, the acceptable of, framing of the debate. Yes. Yeah, it like, was, but it was absolutely as fucking insane. Politics. So, yeah. Um, sorry. Uh, a little bit of a deviation, but. Showing, yeah. showing Band of Brothers in class is a strange. It's a political choice, <laughs> right? And it's uh, whenever DeBookham was watching it, 2006, 2007. Yeah, it would have been around then, probably. So, still steeped in, in the hysteria yeah. of the war on terror, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. It would have been, it would have, because you're not, like, you're, I don't know, like, how much would, I know we talk, like, I know we're already touched, but how much do you actually learn from that? You know? Nothing. Yeah. What, it, what do you, yeah, in terms of, yeah, hi, learning history is incredibly complicated. And, um, it is a shame the way history is taught. And I mean, this is, it's absolutely pablum to teach out. And it's not just factual inaccuracies that's the problem. It's the, the incredibly complex process that most historical information that you get necessarily has a point of view unless you're literally reading primary sources, right? Yeah. Like that's history, learning history is incredibly complicated. Teaching it to high schoolers, I, I can't imagine the task of actually trying to take that on. So, I'm not gonna levy too much of a criticism against these. You people. know, I would think I would think would make um, more sense is like uh, ha- making ensuring that something like fact checking something like Call of Duty and like lo- like play a little bit of Call of Duty and to get like because I think you're gonna get the same if you're gonna have show the students ask questions. Yeah, have the students interrogate instead of the way history is taught is it's this long list of facts. Yes, and that's not the that's one single way that you can interpret history is that it's a fucking long list of facts and memorizing a grocery list is no fun exactly it's a it's in history in in its most interesting study is not a grocery list. but i think because if i sorry i had this this thought i want to i want to finish yeah Uh, if if you're using if you're using band of brothers as an educational tool i think you'd be better served having them play a world war ii video game that's probably as accurate when it comes to weaponry to armor to to artillery to right. all all of, all of the elements that make the 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 TV show what it is what it's best at you could also have them play an hour of call of duty and like yeah that's uh that's a thompson machine gun 
uh, oh, that that's a, a like that's that grenade. Oh, and he's that that artillery. Like I don't right. know. Um, I mean that. Sh- and then that shit's fun. Yeah, and then, <laughs> I love that. stuff And I think I think kid. you'll you'll remember that stuff because like you'll know like oh don't use that grenade or don't use that gun because right. it's it's not as good against this kind of armor that they're using. You wanna you wanna put a like you wanna put a sticky this or that on that tank on that tank tread, right? Or or whatever. I mean, if you were to use that as a teaching tool, which I think no that one, could be. I don't think I think that that's an interesting thing to have kids do. You know, and um, that's how I learned about all, all, every gun I know like contemporary like modern weapon i learned from did he no no uh, uh counter-strike oh sure yeah 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 like i don't know what the fuck a ball pup a ball ball pup was and it's like you see yeah that, like, the or, p90 um counter-strike like, i i could like, i could identify glocks and uh berettas and um deagles desert eagles and all, all those guns like, like oh i know what that i is know now. all these guns from being raised in the deep in the heart of america's gun culture <laughs> so, i played counter-strike yeah yeah <laughs> Um, so any lingering thoughts, Scott, you want to get out about lingering thoughts is that watching this, I really enjoyed watching it. Um, even though some of it's clearly not memorable, even though some of it's clearly not memorable, the tone of it, I thought was very good. It got me asking a lot of questions about world war two. Um, we didn't get into sort of a lot of my political qualms about its take on world war two specifically, which should we, I don't think I, um, important to you, Scott. It's not that important to me. It's, I mean, it's just basically the idea. There was a poll taken of people that lived in Europe of who won the war immediately after the war is overwhelmingly Russia. United States had almost no effect on uh, winning the war in the Western theater. Um, yes. And to paint to paint us as these necessary, Russia would have won the war. Hitler was obsessed with Russia was going to kill himself and his army trying to take it. He was obsessed with communists. He wanted to kill them all because he rightfully identified them as um, diametrically opposed to everything that he espoused. Um, so the the way that um, it presents the Western theater of, the, of World War II is not necessarily accurate. That being said, I have a lot of nostalgic memories of watching this with my dad, and it did get me thinking about World War II in a way that I hadn't thought about in a long time. And to go back to the episode, Why We Fight, um, pretty stunning episode, pretty emotionally impacting episode, um, and really spoke to the particularity of the Holocaust as a transhistoric, depraved uh, event that um, I don't remember. Some some thinker said, "What? Uh, how can you write poems after the Holocaust? Yeah, you know it's. It, I think I think everybody said that about every medium. Like, what yeah. do we? What, how do we make art? How can you paint a painting after the Holocaust yeah. happened? You know, uh, a lot of filmmakers. Like, I think I think it might have been someone like uh, um, Beckett, who 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 clearly was affected by all all of his all of his major works are very affected by not only the Holocaust but 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 just by World War Two, right? And the dropping of the bomb. All these like, how can we kill? All of these people, and we didn't even get into the bomb. The bomb is a not in scale, but in kind, as devastating of a tr- atrocity in world history as the Holocaust is. Yeah, and um, we and it's yeah. and we're the ones that did it. You know, mm-hmm. so we as in America, I didn't do it. <laughs> I want to watch that episode. Yeah, uh, I also had this <laughs> this skit. Speaking of this, the skit idea, like. Um, you know how in Back to the Future, they have the DeLorean. I, I'm, I know the DeLorean. 
You've seen this. This, this might get my pop culture knowledge. Eighties pop culture for me is I don't know a lot, but well, you're familiar with. I'm familiar with the DeLorean. Yeah, and that's the time machine. Correct. Yeah, so so it, it's a time machine. They yes. have the time machine. The, the, it's the, a car. The DeLorean has it, so you 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 it gets up to eighty eight miles an hour and then it can go through. Sure. Time. Didn't know that specific, but yeah, it's a pretty popular. You should check it out. It's it's fun. It's a fun film. Back to the Future is a fun movie. I might never watch it. That's but fine. I might. It bear, it, it's it's you'd get some references if you did. Yeah. Your no, life. I've seen it like uh, in spurts on TV, but I've never sat down and watched the it's, film. It like really is a pretty endearing film. Robert Zemeckis. Well, the, that's the all the eighties like uh, Ferris Bueller and shit like that. They're all kind of the same thing, right? It's like. Well, it kind of sucks, but I, it's still pretty good. Yeah, you know, no, they're they're entertainment. Like, yeah. they're, they're not doing much else, but uh, they're referenced. Anyway, um, this idea that uh, we're just walking on the street, and then you get like hit by the DeLorean because the DeLorean comes from the pa- like from the future or from the past, and it's a time traveling vehicle, and it, ha- it travels on roads primarily, and you travel through time and then all of a sudden you sh- you're you're driving you hit 88 miles an hour and then boom then you're in the same spot where you were but a different year so ostensibly somebody could just be standing right in front of your car the second you travel through time, time. travel and be fine yeah but then you might hit them immediately because they're standing right in the path of, of your car because you don't just like stop you keep traveling at 88 miles an hour once you burst through oh, this time shit. window. So you could harm someone. So do you go to places that are remote so you don't harm someone? Yeah, or? but my, 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 sketch, my sketch idea is that... Well, it's not a sketch. It's a bit. Like, uh, there's a news report. Time travel has clearly been invented in the future. Eighty Like, 30,000 people have recently been killed as cars have suddenly appeared out of nowhere, <laughs> crushing them uh, and disappearing immediately afterwards. Like, you know, some bit like that. Yeah. Um, that didn't work as well because you have not seen Back to the Future Sky. I've seen it, but that the all the details and the exposition you had to give me. Um, I really hope everybody. T- I hope everyone is. I hope everyone's fucking rolling, doubled over with laughter and unable to listen to the podcast. Any anyone that's listening. Um, oh man! So having not seen um, Band of Brothers before this, I think what it's great for is a show to have on. And you don't have to pay attention to it, but you'll still enjoy it. Absolutely, I think Absolutely. it's great for one of those kind of things you could you could put all all episodes on, like we do with the Lord of the Rings now, or with the, those things that are just long. They have there's so much going on, being kind of drift in and out. You're like, oh, they're fighting. I get it, and, and I would, and that's okay. And I would also recommend it to anyone interested in the history of TV because yeah, it's it is the proto Game of Thrones. Yeah, it didn't, um, it it and the uh, more importantly is the success of it that it was that it cost as much as it did and didn't flop. Had that had it not done so well, which we also might thank to uh, the Twin Towers b- being hit by planes yeah, for its success, which yeah. is kind of weird that we you could maybe trail like uh, pull the thread back yeah, and, may- and say that Game of Thrones may not be a thing Without if 9-11, 9/11. did that. Yeah. And that is the official position of Ben Does What He Wants podcast <laughs> is that 9-11 was a necessary historical event to bring about Game of Thrones so that if you like Game of Thrones, you li- like 9-11. That is not a patron. That is the official position. And I think we should end there. Um, <laughs> so thank you, Scott, for coming in for another week. I'm of sure course, this was very fun. It, oh, oh, it all every week is a blast. And uh, I've got ideas for the next one, which oh, we'll really? discuss as soon as we're off air. Oh, you guys, you'll just have to wait till it happens. You just have to wait till it happens. <laughs> Ooh.
was a little Spanish flea, a record star, Tito Dippy. He heard of singers like Beatles, the chipmunks he seen on TV. Why not a little Spanish flea? Oh, 